Hello, and welcome to Accelerating Instructional Technology. I'm your host, Derek Oldfield. All right, I'm here with Michael Nepper, band director at Musselman High School. Michael, is that your... Is that the best way to describe your title? Yes, sir. Hi, Derek. Thank you. I uh, appreciate you being here, being uh, willing to have a conversation with us, especially as we're kind of getting this podcast off the ground. Um, I, uh, your name immediately came to mind. I also saw something cool on Twitter recently that you were, had a, a, a wheel that you were spinning uh, during your, your conference with your students. So I was curious about that. Maybe we'll chat about that. Um, but just to kick us off, uh, you know, obviously uh, we're 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 in the still in the midst of a pandemic. It's had a tremendous impact on schools, you know, all across the country. But uh, specific to our state and some decisions that were made at the state level, what talk to the audience a bit about the impact that it had on your situation and your your band's uh, status, I guess. Um, I've been a band director for 21 years, so a lot of my traditional methods that I used were always evolving. But because at the midst of the pandemic and trying to prepare for the summer and uh, seeing what to expect and and how things were changing and uh, uh, how our calendars were being situated and so many unknowns and unanswered questions. It was definitely difficult to plan because you don't want to um, upset people because there's so much divide and, and difference on how to approach the, this. And so, yeah. you know, you would listen to school policymakers and, and legislators on what we're going to do and what our initial plan was. And but also as a teacher, you wanted to make sure that you're giving the children the best and safe and equitable environment as you could. Um, yeah. Definitely, uh, it and. I am blessed. I saw each day I count my blessings that I got to even see my kids compared to other states and even nations that probably didn't, don't even have their classrooms open. So yes, I am very happy that and count my blessings. I was able to see my band and, and, and my uh, music students. We were able to practice and uh, to, I guess you could say music, music making or musicking throughout the <laughs> summer. Um, yeah, right now we're in an orange and according to the metrics, that is remote learning, and so all after-school practices have ceased. Uh, I could definitely tell you that um, I would admit that I'm extremely depressed because I do feel that once again we're back to where we were. But I think through perseverance and just the, the part of the attitude, you know, I, each day we teach kids. You know, when you pick pick yourself back up or uh, persevere over these situations, I need to model that and do the same for them. So. Uh, definitely, I hope that I can still give the slivers that the kids are accustomed to, something that they, what we call normalcy. But I do know for the future that there is a silver lining through all this, and whether you look at this as an anomaly in time or that some higher power has is engineering something special for us that we can actually look back and say this is a time, a humble moment that we need to look back and to evolve ourselves in our service. Mm -hmm. And um, I've, I'm going to continue to serve the best I can and try to ignore the noise, but also take the best advice that I can to use the best pragmatic approaches. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really want to go. And I see that our state is um, juggling and struggling to 
figure out what's the, what the best interest for all styles of learners. So hopefully that um, once the kids are back in and we can have the conversations, we're, we can take the initial steps to go back to not just a normalcy, but a new type of educational reform. Because um, I do believe that the future holds for us some where we need to really consider the impacts, not the impacts of all different ages of children, all grades, on how we're going to reform and to make up all the different kinds of instruction. So hopefully, uh, I would like to, um, hopefully I'm part of that conversation or what I'm doing and the good that I'm trying to support is going to be uh, a model and for uh, the rest of the profession and I can contribute to that because I am learning just myself by walking through the hallways and listening and trying to stay positive where hopefully six months from now we're able to give back to these kids uh, what is lost time and to prepare for the future. Yeah, yeah, Michael, I, I appreciate you saying that. That's gonna, I, I'm reminded, I, I took it for granted and I shouldn't do that, especially for listeners, but um, Michael, talk to us just a moment, if you would, about the uh, your re the recognition you received recently, uh, maybe a little bit about that process, or maybe some of the things that you invested in that you feel might have led you to such a recognition. Well, um, I am honored just to be selected among many fine educators throughout the state, and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that is contributed by watching a lot of people and uh, mentors. Mm -hmm. uh, and also um, not being afraid to learn. Uh, yeah. I think the professional development yeah. that was offered through my county and my state gave me a sense of purpose that I can actually add more to um, my teaching style mm -hmm. and, and not being afraid to um, learn and from, uh, from conferences and mm -hmm. uh, from excellent educators and being able to take the, the criticism I needed to uh, to become a, a more facilitator. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, being among selected among them is such a, a humongous honor. So and I really appreciate what my school system did to in the virtual environment because mm -hmm. it wasn't a, a traditional uh, ceremony. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what they did was definitely special, and I will remember it and treasure it forever. Wonderful, wonderful. Michael, I appreciate, too, you mentioned that, you know, just the idea, this notion of you being a learner and sort of progressing you down this road of maybe uh, a shift a little bit in the role as, a, as an educator, and you use the word, uh, common word, I guess, in, in the, if you think of 21st century learning, but that idea or that notion of you be, being more of a facilitator um, maybe give listeners uh, an idea of what that means in your role as a band instructor. Well, uh, setting aside that I'm a workaholic, <laughs> right? that there's a, that's an addiction that I'm trying to work with because I really enjoy what I do and I, I enjoy all the facets of of what my subject and yeah. what this activity provides. But also, I've learned that it. Uh, how well it can add to community and the support of that. And when I, when I realize how much the, the 
community loves music, but also just student activity and uh, their their uh, progress. Mm -hmm. uh, you can when you have that support, you you make yourself um, you provide there's there's relevant and meaningful opportunities for kids. So yeah. uh, that that facilitation within the school is uh, is very rewarding because I think. Uh, once you support what other people are doing and they'll come and support you and then you feel lifted and yeah. it's like yeah. you gotta have you gotta be able to fill other people's cups while they're filling yours too so I Absolutely. really appreciate that for my community yeah well said it's a uh, bit of a hot topic right now in our county because of our status uh, from the Department of Education it's prohibiting our, our co-curricular you know activities to continue and being that it's so close to postseason right now, um, you know it's it's uh, placed a, a lot of pressure on a number of individuals, and we have a number of, of athletic teams in the county that are have prepared for for years and months, you know, to get to this particular point. Um, so I think of those things. But in your in your mind, Michael, you know, talk a little bit about the importance of those co-curricular activities and just the development of immature insecure kids and I think I think about you know removing those things from the educational process and how detrimental that might be to uh, just the maturation process from a student's perspective that the many things that they probably pick up in the presence of you as a band instructor that if we prolong this crazy environment and these circumstances that we're under and what kinds of things do you feel like kids would miss out on if this experience continues to be affected and it's it's obviously affected the situation with your role um curricular activities and the services schools provide yeah. uh, are uh, we finally look upon them and yes we, we take them for granted sometimes now they're not there or they're just not the same kind of version that we've had before yeah. And in the age of anxiety with the adaptation of technology, yeah. um, technology does so much good for us as human beings, but it also, I do feel, in my own personal opinion, mm -hmm. it has really amplified the anxiousness and, and all yeah. of us, not just yeah. kids. And so when you have, my concern is, is that while we're trying to figure out the, the solutions to creating normalcy through the pandemic, we're also creating idling in our, our kids and um, as, as an adult in the, in the workforce in the work world we do have the tools and the mechanisms to cope we have learned them through our own life experiences and I think within our, the public school system those were places where kids could actually learn to have those coping mechanisms and yeah. practice them and become be able to purge those anxieties to be able to confront and to identify um, and provide solutions to be problem solvers, to be thinkers, leaders, and doers. Yeah. And th those those um, relevant experiences that are meaningful for kids are, yeah. are, are not there in their daily routines. So um, uh, my hope is that you know technology is is definitely something a tool that we need to incorporate and integrate in our lives, but uh, in moderation and in capacities that 
that don't cultivate more anxieties on top of the yeah. ones that we already have. Sure. So when you when we don't have those curriculum, I am have very mixed feelings with this because if we don't have those curricular activities where those kids are able to participate, yeah. where 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 do we come to where we decide that there is damage going to be done? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so. Uh, we need to work towards that and we need to have those conversations and especially as with the winter months coming ahead it's there's all different diagnoses of the depressions of through, through seasons and uh, through the uses of technology and by not having those curricular activities and not those daily routines with our, that our public school yeah. uh, services give to kids I'm deeply concerned because I, even just the absence of me walking through the hallways of not hearing the ambiance of the students and even the cluttering and the banging in the banner yeah. and hearing the teachers um, working so hard on their teams meetings to yeah. reach the students. Yeah. There, I, I can definitely tell you that even though I'm trying to put my depression on the wayside to do my job, that there is, there is the ability for me to become depressed but I do have the yeah. mechanisms to cope and put that away and know that there this is only for now it's not forever yeah. but what about the people that don't can't live outside that now yeah very further down the road yeah well said Michael I, I you just reminded me I think of myself uh, honest moment or vulnerable moment and I took half a day uh, this is a Friday at the time of the recording I took half a day two days ago and had to go home and I found myself sitting at my computer and I could not finish any task like I would start uh, responding to an email I'm still in my role I get a lot of support requests and trying to help people and I could not finish one thing I would start this and then I jump to this and then my mind would go to this and then my mind would go to the podcast and I'd go to this and I never completed anything and I just sat there like I was in a fog and um, Thankfully, I, I had some whereabouts to say, like, Derek, you have to, you have to have a break from this screen. Like, you just have to step away. And I, I did. I just took a half a sick day and went home because I, uh, I had to get my, I just had to like reset my brain. I think I, I don't yeah, know what it reboot. is. And, yeah, you had to reboot. I mean, I'm sure there's a technical name for it. Yeah, well, we're, I just found myself. Derek, we're social creatures. We're human yeah. beings, and so when you take the humanization out of learning, yeah, um, that is what my concern is with asynchronous models. I do think it's um, yeah. um, and think of it from a kid's perspective or a student perspective is that while they're working and they're trying to achieve just the frustration but also the mental exhaustion yeah. uh, there's only so much a capacity that a student can learn you can say well I need a break but you also got to find a ways and all these teachers that I'm seeing not just within my building but throughout mm -hmm. Berkeley County and throughout the nation are trying to find the humanization to reach their kids that interpersonal yeah. connection but also um, exhausting their creativity the best they can but on the other end it's it's very damaging to your heart not just depressing but damaging to your heart because you we as human beings even through a screen can if there is a chance of a kid having being on their video you can see in their eyes just like the frustration or just the longing of humanization and that's is where we we will app app post-pandemic, we're really going to have to uh, revisit.
and yeah. we're going to have to develop those kinds of um, t those kinds of relevant moments for kids and yeah. uh, because because I mean I'm not a scientist or a psychologist but I'm hoping that uh, I can I'm definitely a human being that yeah. can actually read and feel that there is struggling on both sides from adult to student and yeah. I can't and so it's going to take that trifecta of partnership of parent student and uh, teacher in order yeah. to overcome this post pandemic and to not to not to look for something of normalcy to evolve and be able to take all of this information and to create a and tailor a much better society for learning world yeah yeah very well said I, I keep coming back in my mind I'm thinking what you said about you know your willingness to accept some feedback or accept critique at one point in your profession and even still I think I'm thinking of myself I've I've coached some athletic teams before and and uh, I think just the idea of removing to some extent or some degree is the the ability for kids to engage in these co-curricular extracurricular activities and some of the things that our kids pick up from those experiences I think of uh, maybe perhaps I'm not gonna say it's the most important but, but one of the most important things in my mind is that that notion that kids can accept critique or feedback you know without taking it personal I, I think of coaches today that seems like a very common phrase like please don't take it personal I'm just telling you that this is the way it should be done. I'm giving you this feedback, and next time you do it, try it this way or that way or this way. And just the uh, that it, how how valuable that experience is for kids to take that into adulthood. That experience of having a coach, you know, maybe get on to you and, and to some degree uh, get on to you a little bit about your performance or critique you in such a way that that makes you better in the long run. So I'm thinking about those experiences, and I've had some of those experiences. You indicated some of those experiences yourself, and the value that that provides you professionally, the value it's provided me professionally. Um, and I just think uh, I wonder, you know, how kids are going to cope, as you said, in adulthood without having those experiences where they've been critiqued and they've been uh, they've been honed a little bit, uh, and just the learning how to accept that and how to take that from an, from an authority figure, an adult, a coach, somebody that's invested in you. Um, just being able to take that critique and that criticism and then apply it and not take it personally and move forward. That seems like a critical skill that I, I, yeah. I think maybe kids are well, struggling with. <laughs> I mean, I would like to, our world has gone through many crises. Yeah. Um, some of, of as we learn upon history, we don't feel the pain of World War II or the mm -hmm. Civil War. Um, the, uh, uh, also, uh, there is so much pain of uh, many servicemen who've lost their lives and their families being affected. Mm -hmm. And it, even with COVID, I'm not saying that this crisis is not as measurable to others, yeah. but I, I do feel that our, our country has always um, persevered mm -hmm. and we will persevere over this. It's mm -hmm. just going through the road and, and being patient. And uh, um, I too am being very impatient to trying to find the solutions of well, when is yeah. this going to end. However, it's as for as adults, because we are the leaders now, we can't tell our kids that they're, they're leaders for tomorrow unless we demonstrate that we are the leaders now and, and show them that mm -hmm. there will be an end to this. And this yeah. is why, because as a, in, through a kid's eyes, they do not see an end to this. Yeah, right. And so they, we need to be the leaders now and show them and open those doors. 
and yeah. it's, but until then it's hard for us because we are sort of um, even from the top down we want to make the best decisions but we don't really we don't know how to make the best decisions because mm -hmm. we weren't equipped to handle a, pan a pandemic I don't yeah. think any country is equipped to handle a pandemic yeah, right. we can't fight what we can't see and yeah. so it, it definitely hopefully through this learning experience we are, we will be better equipped uh, for the next one should it come and, and hopefully the never one, another one comes but right. yet these kids will, when they go into an adulthood if we do it right and we nurture them correctly and we provide them just the amount of grit that they need yeah. to create the society they will shape one and be able to talk and have the conversation through to the next generation yeah Last question, Michael. <laughs> I think is a good segue. What you just talked about. Uh, what are some of your hopes for the future of education after you know beyond this pandemic? Um, well, I mean, as I said, the, going into before the pandemic, the twenty first century mm -hmm. learning model was mm -hmm. technology, and mm -hmm. a lot of the things that we're using now to handle through the pandemic was already here. Mm -hmm. and the professional development in most of these places are right here. Derek, you have helped equip you need to applaud yourself because many of the videos that you've created and um, other educators like you like the te technology you provided, you quickly equipped the teachers and say, hey, I know how to do this, let me help you. So you gave and provided a, a way for people to quickly take a quick quickly translate their subjects and so you know I applaud you for that and I have learned a lot because from from you from all of the um, tutorials and the technological platforms that you placed on there because I can quickly instead of being frustrated and feel defeated I can I can say I can just hit, be able to link and find a friend that I needed without asking a question because everybody was was turning and trying to find um, someone to provide the solution, which created such an obnoxious environment, but yet people like you provided the uh, the answers we needed online. And so I think that that really equipped us, not only the kids, the students, and the parents, and hopefully through time, people in routine, we're going to get better at it. As far as um, education reform, uh, and I talked about this at the, at the state, and I want to be part of the conversation, is that I do know that we will get through the, I am very confident that we'll get through the pandemic and you know, I am not truly fond of the asynchronous model because I'm an artist and mm -hmm. I'm in music and that requires expression and yeah. group togetherness and that, that is part of all the classroom but the asynchronous yeah. not model, if that's what I got to do for now, okay, mm -hmm. but, but the future of education is the loss of instruction. Yeah. Is college yeah. is going to reform? Um, are we going to amplify the trade, which is which is what we should be doing right now, so kids feel skilled and feel skilled, and uh, they are able to unlock their talents? Uh, are we going to give the, the social and emotional needs that we need for kids for, from the isolation and those ripple effects that occur? Mm -hmm. So we definitely need to be not even though right now we're inundated in solving the pandemic and how we're going to deliver education in the public school services, mm -hmm. we also need to be having the conversation of what the five-year strategic plan to get us out of this with college and trade school leaders yeah. And, yeah. and so make that, make that available and say you need to reform and meet public education in the middle. So that way we do not um, 
and we do not stress out our this next generation where they feel defeated and unaccomplished we need to make sure that they have what they need to um, to post pandemic to be able to provide for their families and to, and to be successful in whatever community they should choose to live in. Awesome. I hope that's a good awesome. answer. That's man. a that's an excellent <laughs> answer. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I uh, got several things swirling in my mind, but I, uh, I, uh, is there a way, Michael, this is a, this is a, I didn't plan for this, but you are absolutely, you indicated at the beginning of that response, you're, you're an artist, mm -hmm. a, a performer even in yeah. such a way. And I think of one of my favorite educational speakers is Dave Burgess. Anybody that knows me already knows this, but he's a teach like a pirate guy. He talks about the three circles of education. Uh, and he says it's really a three circle Venn diagram. And most often at conferences or professional development, it's one of two circles. It's either content, uh, you're learning about math or, or English or science, or it's strategies, uh, strategies, uh, think, pair, share, and giving effective feedback and those kind of things. Content or strategies. He says the third circle is the most often neglected. And that third circle for highly effective educators is performance. Mm -hmm. It's performance, it is. I think we're all artists in a way, as an educator, we're all performers. Um, but I remember the first time I saw you uh, directing, <laughs> it was amazing, man. It really oh, was. It was like, that needs to be like a highlight reel or something. But it was just one set. It was awesome. But you've got to have something on YouTube, or you've you've got to have. Are there prior performances out there? I think that there's there? some things on uh, social yeah. media. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. If if no one has seen Michael never perform, I think it would be worth. Uh, it was awesome. I was I was pumped watching you. It's a message to teachers out to teachers through through this is that you know you. Even I uh, feel down um, because we really enjoy what we're doing. We sign this up because we really enjoy the environment and the climate of working with the students. Yeah. But we also love yeah. to watch the kids grow because we're human beings. So we actually we actually read faces. So even with yeah. the masks on, it was right. still very difficult right. to actually be human at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we took a quick turn of how our uh, our profession. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to value the smaller things post pandemic. Yeah, and, very much so. And, um, I I encourage people to be teachers and to to feel that reward. Mm -hmm. if, if you are looking for to be a, a, a per, in any profession, it is very very rewarding. And be uh, sticking with it for twenty one years. I it's very sad that I I hear no music but you know looking through the walls and stuff but there are people out there that you've impacted that mm -hmm. that um, were in here expressing and, and being artists you go to them and uh, uh, listen to them those are the signs of hope of uh, that things will return back to some sort of sense of normalcy and that's what's helping me get through a lot it's and staying off social media yeah, true. And so much. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. It's the you gotta stay out of those poisonous and toxic environments, especially when your man is down mm -hmm. like this. And mm -hmm. when you, you when you spend more time uplifting people as much as you can, um, and being there for, for the students, uh, they will 
the small victories mean so much. The very small victories, such as like the spinning yes. wheel that you're yes. talking about. Yes. Just moments that you can have that feel like you are enriching a group of students. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's going to get me to year 22 and beyond. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I have, that's, that's an excellent point, stopping point. Michael. I appreciate the kind words earlier about myself and my role. I should thank you for that, but yeah, uh, well, it's been a pleasure. You've got to be a team. Yeah. you got to work. That's what education's about. you got to be a team. Yeah. Thanks, man. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Accelerating Instructional Technology.